Hello to my besties, old and new, and welcome back to another episode of Miss Congeniality. It's 2022, and this is our first episode. Oh my god, I just got chills. It feels like a new beginning. I feel like life has like sort of 180 since we last talked because it's been two weeks and I feel like we keep up with each other week after week and then all of a sudden 14 days goes by and a bitch doesn't know how to act. But I'm really glad to be back. It was nice to reset. I realized while I was resetting that I wasn't actually resetting. So I've tried to go easy on myself these past couple of days, like getting back into the swing of things and like reliving my life, if that makes sense. I don't know. I'm trying to like... I have all of these aspirations for the new year and I have read every day and I have to cook four times this week. So I cooked yesterday. I'm cooking tonight. I'm making brown rice with uh, like tuna steak and I'm going to do it with um, like garlic and like a teriyaki sauce and then I'm going to do like baby corn and green onion on it and then I'm going to make like a little avocado and mango salsa. Doesn't that sound good? Am I a cook? Be honest probably not but that doesn't matter you know what like that's not my current prerogative to become a cook but tomorrow oh my god you can tell I haven't talked to you guys in a while because I have like so much to say tomorrow I'm cooking a bolognese recipe for my friends and we're doing our typical Thursday night dinner so I'm kind of nervous but we're gonna figure it out and it's gonna be what it is and that's gonna be life and we're gonna enjoy it and we're along for the ride but I need to start learning French because that was another one of my aspirations so I should probably download Duolingo, unless you guys know a better way. Some of you have recommended books to me, but I don't know if I want to read a book to learn French. Like, I think Duolingo might be my best bet. I think I'm going to download it after I do this, and we're going to get into it, and that's going to happen, and it's going to be great. But I hope, I hope that you all had an amazing new year. I hope that you celebrated in a way that felt like you honored your life, and I hope that you're feeling a little bit more comfortable and calm heading into 2022 and in our first week of 2022 I definitely think I can feel the pains of like new year new chapter like all that kind of bullshitty stuff like I'm just trying to stay in my lane and like do the right things and be a good person (laughs) and that's all that matters but I wanted to give you guys some life updates before we get into the episode today so the first one is that I finally finished you remember how I was being super like all over the place and I watched the third season and then the first season and then the second season so I just finished the second season and I feel like the third season would have been way better if I had watched the second season first obviously don't even know why I just said that so I wish I had done that but I really love it I love the show I can't wait for there to be more episodes I also watched sex lives of college girls and I liked that a lot too I didn't love it I didn't think it was as like tantalizing as you is like I think you is just like really like award-winning it's so good so if you have any recs for me let me know sneaky link and i are trying to start a new show and so we haven't like decided on what we're gonna watch yet but we're kind of not getting over svu but we don't want to watch the old episodes so let us know what you guys think about like a show that we should watch so the holidays they were really nice it was nice to be with my family it was small and intimate obviously Scorpio boy was there with us. He fit right in. We had a lot of fun on Christmas Eve. He went home on Christmas Day and Christmas Day was just, it was what it was. We went to my grandma's. It was more chill. And you know, despite the fact that I think I put out a lot of positive stuff on the internet, like I think people follow me because they like the comedy and they like to feel good. But there were moments over the like last two weeks that I also had that I just didn't feel good emotionally and mentally. And I think it's important for you guys to know that like my family isn't perfect. My life isn't perfect. Like there was no shortage of drama and like people saying things that maybe they should have not said or like that they didn't mean or like fighting. Like my family's a normal family. I'm a normal person. And that all definitely came out this past two weeks as it does, as I'm sure it did for you too. But I just wanted to point that out. But yeah, it was really nice to have Scorpio boy there. I feel like he really fits in with my family and everyone really likes him. I got so drunk on Christmas Eve, I don't really remember the end of the night, but when I woke up in the morning, apparently everyone felt that way, so I wasn't alone, and then we went down to my parents' house in Puerto Rico, they have a house in Aguadilla, I think I've talked about this before, my dad's been surfing there for like 30 years, my mom 
she has Lyme's disease and does better in the warmer climate. So she basically lives down there during the winter. So we went down there with them and we basically hung out the house the entire time. I love it down there. It's amazing. And we love to like support local businesses. So we got a lot of takeout. We have a lot of friends down there now, uh, local people. And it's amazing to like, you know, support their businesses and whatnot at a safe distance, of course. And now I'm back and knock on wood. I literally just knocked, not sure if you heard that on my desk. I have not come down with Omicron yet or COVID at all. I haven't had it ever for the last two years that I know of, but I've tested pretty consistently. So unless I was like totally asymptomatic, I simply don't think that I got it. Never say never though, because like, as I say that I'll probably test positive tomorrow, but I've been trying to stay as safe as possible in New York and just like do things that feel right, that like honor my life, but keeping myself and others safe. I'm hoping that everyone's going to get it and it's going to blow over, but you just don't know. So please like stay inside and wear your masks and just be smart. So that um, I did get to finally go out to my Cipriani dinner. Uh, we were celebrating the new year and 400K on TikTok. Oh, it was so good. I love Cipriani. I like it mostly for the people watching. Frankly, I do feel out of place there. Everybody is like, they look like they came off a red carpet. They're wearing like Givenchy track suits with Bergen bags and so much lip filler that I feel like their lips are balloons, but they still look good. And I'm sitting there like doing my best in my leather pantsuit. Like I, I'm just so happy to be here. But if you ever go, get the doge salad and also the baby artichoke salad. The burrata is amazing. The steak is really expensive, but it's really good. And then I had a Bellini and I also had a glass of their Merlot, I think it was. Whatever wine cost $27. I don't know why I remember that, but it was a wine by the glass. It was expensive. Everything there is expensive. Like it's a special occasion place, but I was really so happy that Scorpio boy actually treated me there. It was really fun. So we did that. And yesterday I got a lip flip. So we're going to stay tuned and see what happens there. I talked about it on TikTok, but I, you know, I think there's something to be said about the intersection between embracing yourself for your perceived flaws or for things society point out as flaws and also making alterations to yourself as a choice for you, not because somebody else suggested it, but because you want to and you think it'll make you feel better to look in the mirror after that alteration is done. I also think like you don't have to explain yourself to anyone. So I've had a gummy smile issue like all my life. So I decided to just get the flip and see what it was all about. It did not hurt. That said, my doctor did numb me. I have heard from various sources that normally they don't numb you, which would just be crazy to me. But I went to Dr. Jody Lagurfo on the Upper East Side. I got two units of Botox in my lips. I might go back for two more. Um, it's not going to show up until probably Sunday because as you can tell, she said I was going to have problem saying P's and B's and right now I'm totally fine. So she said it was going to be a few days. So that all happened and yeah, that's kind of all that's been going on the past two weeks. Obviously, there are a lot of projects in the works and I really can't thank you guys enough again for 400k on TikTok. I'm really grateful and just excited for everything to come. But we have a lot of stuff to get done today and I'm really excited about our episode. We're doing, if you didn't know this already, like a virtual like audio ask me anything. So I put up a question box and I took a ton of questions. I kind of cherry picked through them to see like ones that were like reoccurring or like things that I've heard a lot about before that I want to talk on for a longer like term and we're just going to get into all of them. There's so many and I tried to kind of organize it, but I don't think it's going to be that organized. So we're just going to do what we can do and just get through it. I'm really like reading this off a legal pad right now. <laughs> the questions I haven't, you know, planned to, you know, really be that organized. So we're just going to raw dog it, if you will. So I kind of wanted to do like sex and dating first because obviously that was going to be like the most prominent stuff. So somebody asked me about virginity and then also like my virginity story. And I think I've told it before, but it was really like non-interesting. Like I was seeing someone in high school, for lack of a better phrase, I think we were dating. Like I don't think we made it official because we started dating the summer before senior year of college, but we were only seeing each other. And I sort of knew going into our relationship that I would end up losing my virginity to him just because I was comfortable with him. And that's what mattered to me when I felt ready. So that's who I lost it to. He was just like in my high school friend group, a very sweet guy, nice person, made me feel really comfortable. I made the choice for me. We had sex on his couch in his basement 
And I guess that's like a non-romantic aspect of it, but I don't really think it needs to be perfect and I don't think it's going to be. And if you put pressure on it to be that way, it's really not going to be. For me, I just wanted it to be, you know, comfortable and safe. And it was both of those things. So I really can't complain. But for the question of virginity in general, the big thing I would say is that the construct of virginity is kind of mostly projected onto women because when you think about it, like when it was all, you know, being thought through like the concept of virginity it was in a time when women couldn't have sex with anyone before they were married but men could and if women did have sex before they were married they were impure and almost ultimately a prostitute and a slut and couldn't get married and nobody would want her she was dirty and so I think like in that way we think of virginity still as like a woman's thing like obviously men have virginities too obviously they lose them too but the stigma attached being like if you do it too early you're a slut and if you wait too long you're a prude that kind of all lands on the backs of women and so all of this to say like i think it's sort of sort of bullshit and we're all in our different timelines i lost my virginity when i was 17 i have friends that lost their virginities when they were 23 or 22 or 21 or 20 or 25 like it doesn't matter and if anybody is concerned with that they're weird like that's your private business. And a couple of people have asked me before if I think it's okay to white lie about your virginity. I would not white lie to a partner that you're going to have sex with that you're a virgin, that you're not a virgin. Like I wouldn't go to lose your virginity and tell the person I'm not a virgin or just not say that you're a virgin because I think that you're going to end up being upset because I think the person isn't going to know to be gentle and take it slow and like ask a lot of times if everything's okay and I think if it is the right person you'll feel comfortable enough being like hey by the way this is my first time I hope that's all right and it can be really casual and it's not a big deal but I just think that if you do share that with someone they're gonna know you know how to handle that better than if you don't but I think if you're really embarrassed around like friend groups or new friends or something and virginity comes up, like go ahead and white lie. I think white lies are okay when they preserve your own emotions. But overall, I really don't think that there's one timeline. I feel like a lot of people focus on this idea of like, I haven't lost my virginity. Am I weird? Or like, I lost my virginity so early. Am I gross? And it's like, you're nothing. Like you can lose your virginity whenever you want. And not for nothing, but like there are different definitions of virginity and virgin and depending on like if you're having sex with a woman or a man or, you know, like just any partner, like their definition might be different too. And so you have to just realize how much of an independent and personal thing this is and be comfortable and confident with your decision. Like when it happens, it happens. When it doesn't, it doesn't. And that's all you really need to focus on. Okay, moving on from that. Somebody asked me to tell the story of the worst date I ever went on. And nothing like immediately jumped out at me. But then I remembered that I went on this date with this guy and he asked me to meet at this restaurant. When we got there, he was like, there are no tables. And I was like, okay. And he was like, well, we can just go to my apartment. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I would rather like get a drink somewhere. And he was like, let's just go back to mine and like figure it out. And so I like shared my location with my friends and I went with him and he was a friend of a friend. So like it wasn't a dating app date. Like I knew him. So I went with him and we, he made us drinks and we were trying to figure it out. And then out of the blue, he's just like, I hate musical theater. And I was like, what? And he was like, I literally hate musical theater. I think Broadway is awful. Hamilton sucked. People cannot sing, dance and act at the same time. And I was like, I guess you don't know I'm a theater major like the fuck and so I literally just made an excuse and left and never saw him again it was so painfully awkward because he was a friend of a friend and like I didn't know who he was so that was definitely my worst date ever somebody else asked about my IUD experience and specifically my birth control experience so I was not on birth control in high school and then when I got to college I without telling my mom or any adult or my thyroid doctor I made an appointment at health place and just went and got on birth control and those doctors were not aware of my condition or they were because I told them and they didn't care so they put me on birth control I don't remember what pill I was on I think I gained like 40 pounds I was moody my periods were weird I felt like so full of like water weight and like just bloated and gross like I didn't like the way I looked I didn't like the way I felt either like my body just didn't feel like my body anymore. And to each their own, I know birth control pills work for a lot of people. Hormonal birth control not only doesn't work for me, but also cancels out my thyroid medication, which I did not know. So obviously that was a big issue when I did eventually tell my mom. 
slash my doctors that I was on it, um, it was a problem. So all of this to say, definitely remind your doctors or like your guardian that you want to do this so that they can like cross check that it's going to be good for you. But when I went off of it, I wasn't on anything. So I had a boyfriend my freshman year of college and we, I went on birth control so that we could have sex without a condom. And then I went off birth control and was using condoms. And then I got another boyfriend my sophomore year of college and him and I were being, we were dancing with the devil a bit. So we were like, you know, doing things unsafely and it didn't happen that many times. I think it happened twice. And I just called my mom and was like, I'm getting a copper IUD. Like I have to get a copper IUD. And she was like, well, what about the whole thing with the side effects? And I like looked it up and called my gyno and my thyroid doctor before calling my mom. And I was like, there are not side effects of the copper IUD. The only side effect is that you'll have a heavier period for six months. And sometimes you just have heavier periods in general, but it has no hormones. So it cannot screw with your hypothyroidism. Like absolutely not. If something about your hypothyroidism flares up or changes, it is the last possible thing that is doing it is the copper IUD. So my mom was like, okay, we'll get one. So we went together and honestly, the pain was kind of unsurprising like they say it feels like birth contractions so like really 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 bad cramps and I really do think that they should give you medication because women who are in labor get medication but one thing I remind myself is that if your mom could do it for four and a half hours you can do it for 40 seconds the pain lasts for 40 seconds worst case scenario you pass out but you're lying down and so it's hard to pass out when you're lying down number one number two that shouldn't be the worst case scenario they should totally numb you but they don't I don't know some people have told me you could ask uh if you have like any access to a anxiety medication that's legal and discussed with a doctor I would recommend taking that take Tylenol or Advil and just bring someone with you like it's 40 seconds of really bad pain and then the rest of the day I had some cramps then I had some breakthrough bleeding for like two weeks but I think I had sex the day after I got mine in and I took a spin class the day after I got mine in and the terrible cramping I experienced on the first day was over within 10 hours so I highly recommend getting one just book out your holiday so that you can rest when you're done I'll have it until I'm 29 because I got it when I was 19 and I don't know that's kind of exciting because it's like the the last birth control I'm ever gonna have like Hopefully, I'm going to want to have a child or two when I'm like 29, 30, and then I'm going to get my tubes tied and be done. So this is it. And that's really amazing. Like it's thoughtless. And I think the human error thing of birth control was a problem for me in terms of the pill because I was not able to take it at the same time every day. Like I just didn't think about it like that. On the vein of birth control, someone asked me if I personally would choose to have an abortion. And the answer really depends on the situation. So I guess my answer is yes. I believe that if I was engaged to someone and I was older and financially independent and we had been together for a very long time and we're already planning a wedding like we were engaged I wouldn't get an abortion unless there was some career thing but currently as it stands I would I cannot afford a child financially I cannot bring a child into the world that would have a good positive life I don't think and I don't want a child selfishly but I do everything I can to be safe sexually so that I don't have to make that decision. But of course, shit happens and I don't think it would be an easy decision for me to make. I think that I would be really devastated and sad and I think I would be heartbroken and sick to my stomach and I don't think anybody wants to make the choice to do that but I think sometimes you have to you have to prioritize yourself you have to be selfish and you have to think about the life that you would be able to give that child right now and that's my personal choice the reason it's called pro-choice sorry I just got so like you know passionate the reason it's called pro-choice is because everybody gets to have their own choice it's not pro-abortion or like pro whatever it's pro choice meaning you get to have your own choice and I get to have mine and so I respect everybody's personal choice and that's all I'm gonna say on that one as you know I'm very pro choice (laughs) another amazing one to talk about my crazy single college days I definitely went crazy a little bit in college and I kind of did it on my own like I was really uninvolved in my sorority I hated it I hate Greek life 
And I, my freshman year of college wasn't really like crazy and single. I was kind of figuring it out slash in love with my ex still. But then first semester sophomore year was like my craziest college time other than my senior year. And both of those things were completely unrelated to Greek life and had nothing to do with frat boys, which is almost the best part. I cannot recommend enough not hooking up with frat boys and hooking up with other guys. But anyway, I... I had this experience my sophomore year first semester where I was obsessed with this guy and he was kind of hitting me up, signing in my DMs, telling people that he thought I was cute and he was a senior and I was a sophomore and he was the lead in the play and I went and saw the play and kind of got introduced to him and then I was at school over fall break because I was producing a show and I had to stay back and so I went to see his play again and sat in the front row and made this like devastating eye contact the entire time to like force him to break character and then after the show, DM'd him that he was good and he invited me over. So we went over. I had kind of like a three to four day romp with him, was totally in love with him, really misread the situation. He was not in love with me. I told him off. It was super embarrassing. But a week later, there was this guy in my class who was a musical theater major and he was also a senior. So the guy from the week before was an acting major. And at Michigan, the acting majors and MTs are friends, but they wouldn't like live together, generally speaking. And so I like was in my writing class, met this guy and he like, we were peer editing each other's pieces. And then we finished doing that, like, you know, virtually like on a Google doc and he like invited me over and clearly it was like to come over and hook up. And I thought he was super cute. Another senior. So I was like, okay, yeah, like I'll come over. So he gives me his address and mind you, the weekend before I was really drunk when I went over to the house to hook up with the other guy. And so when I like the Uber pulls up, I'm like, this is so familiar. Like I must have done something wrong. Like I must have put in a different address. Like I've never been here before. Like I don't know this guy. This is so weird. Nope, nope, nope. It was the same house. They were not only best friends, but also roommates who lived next door to one another. And originally I was like, I'm wondering if they know, like, do they know? Clearly they knew, but in my head, I'm like, I'm such a girl boss, like getting both best friends. Like I'm gonna split up a friendship. Like no bitch, they knew they were using you. Anyway, the day after the romp with the second guy, I woke up in, at their house and I was like, okay, I wanna go get brunch. So I got up and I like went to go to get my friends and woke them up and I was like, let's go to brunch. So you go to this place called Angelo's. And right when I walk in, I see his whole entire house, like 10 people, sitting at a table and I'm like oh fuck like that's that's cute I'm in my outfit from the night before I'm like that's cute that's cute so I come outside and I'm like our table's gonna be ready in 20 minutes by the way like their whole house is here like it's so embarrassing and so while we're waiting for our table they finish up and come outside so it's like the 10 of them that live in the house with the two guys best friends who I just hooked up with me and my two friends so we start talking to them obviously because we know them all and then there's a beat in the conversation like a two second beat and the one guy, like, who I didn't hook up with, who was just, like, a separate roommate, looks at me and then looks at the two of them and goes, you guys all hooked up. Like, what? What? What the fuck? My face was, like, scarlet red. I was, like, so embarrassed, but I also kind of liked the attention. But I was, like, this is when I realized I did not girl boss. They girl boss me. This is so embarrassing. So that was a really funny story. But honestly, it ended up being more powerful. Like I kind of felt powerful when I reflected on the whole thing. And yeah, that was that. That happened. Am I proud? I'm not sure. I don't think I'm proud of it. But it definitely did occur. And that's the single story that you're going to get from me today. And if you want more, I'll give you more in the future. Okay, moving on. Why is Snapchat a red flag? Snapchat is a red flag because the very being of Snapchat is that the messages disappear and so it is almost like it is without consequence because I could not show my friends what you said. Like if you asked me to hang out, I could show them in the moment but it goes away. So if you are for some reason embarrassed about me or you were seeing another girl, there would be no proof unless I screenshotted it and I'm not going to screenshot it. So there's no proof. So if somebody is choosing to Snapchat you instead of texting you, they don't care because they're not confident enough for you to have proof that they're talking to you. And because of that, I don't give guys my Snapchat because I just believe that if they were worth it, they would text me because you have my phone number and you can give me that much respect. I think Snapchat is like a really embarrassing and juvenile way of communicating. And I think it shows that the person does not see a future with you and does not care long-term because if they did, they would send you a text message. 
If they actually invested in you and they weren't talking to other people, they would text you. They would not Snapchat you. Take it from me, like every single person who my chief form of communication with was Snapchat, just wanted to hook up with me, was hooking up with 10 other girls as well and wanted to make sure there was no trace that we had communicated in the event that they had like gotten trouble by another girl or they were embarrassed about me or something. Like they just didn't want to trace. And you can so easily unadd someone or block them. Like it is such a red flag. Like if you're over the age of 18, you do not need to be on Snapchat. And if a guy asks you for a Snapchat, he isn't worth it and he is not looking to date you. I just say I don't have it. And if they don't ask for my phone number or they do and they never text me, there is your proof. Like why would you want to be on a communication forum that is fleeting and goes away with someone? They don't want to be with you long term. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's true. Like I've never once in my life seen somebody have a good, healthy, strong relationship come out of Snapchatting. Is it a good way to get someone to hook up with you or get a sneaky link? Obviously, but that's the point of it. That's it. Like that's its own. That's its whole point. Okay, next one. She says she loves the idea of being in a relationship, but whenever she gets close or edges near it, she freaks out and self-sabotages. So my advice to you is that you love the idea of it, but you don't actually want to be in one because if you got close enough to being in one with the right person, you would not get scared. You would feel comfortable. And I'm not trying to say like, you're not ready, like blah, blah, blah. But on some level, like just date yourself and like wait until you feel ready. Like there's no reason to force it because forcing something that doesn't feel right is an exact way to make sure that it crumbles and falls and that you end up feeling bad. So if you find that every single time that you go to get near a guy or get close to someone, you feel like self-sabotaging or it feels like you're not ready then just let yourself not be ready and let that be okay. And you could still want something but not be ready to have it. I feel like I was really wanting a boyfriend for a long time and I wasn't ready for it. And the universe is going to give you those things when you're ready for it. So just let life happen to you. That's like my biggest advice within this vein is like let life happen to you. Live your most honest, truest life. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy every single day. And eventually you're going to attract the good things because you have a good personality, a good attitude. You're being positive. Like, Don't try to force something. And the other thing is like, people are like, I want a boyfriend so bad. I would do anything. I was like that in my past. And when you want something so badly, you're never going to get it. And you have to stop trying to happen to life and let life happen to you. Like, that's where the beauty comes in. They say it's always going to happen when you least expect it because it always does happen when you least expect it. And there's a reason that that's a saying. There's a reason it's a saying good things come to those who wait. And if you keep begging for a boyfriend from the universe or whoever else you're not going to get one or a partner or whatever it is you have to just live your most honest true life and have a good attitude and a good attitude attracts good things and that is my advice on that okay the next one would you get back together with an ex yes if it was right i truly believe you should not drink poison if you're thirsty People break up for a reason and I don't think that I would get back together with an ex within six months of us breaking up. I don't think that's enough time to truly like analyze and resonate with a relationship. Now everybody is different and my advice does not apply to everyone. I am not God but in my own past experience I needed about a year to a year and a half to really recover from the relationship and understand what it did to me and also just analyze the trauma and I needed that space and if I didn't have that space I just think like I I don't know. I would have gotten back together with them and we would have broken up again. There was a reason that we broke up and I wouldn't drink poison just because I was thirsty, meaning I'm not going to get back with someone who's bad for me just because I'm lonely. So I think I would, but not with any of my exes that I've had. And I've had six exes, but things happen. And I feel like there is a world in which I might. Um, The other one is how often do you have sex? I'm not going to answer that like currently because it includes somebody else that it's not fair. But I think generally, this question is different for everybody. It has a different answer for everybody. And it has a different answer for every relationship. And you have to talk about that with your partner. I have said in the past, like, if you're someone who's waiting for marriage, I think that you should always be upfront about that because I'm a very sexual person and I want to make sure that my partner matches my sexual preferences. So if you aren't, you know, have a strong libido or you are waiting for marriage, like, You should tell people so that you can find someone that matches your sexual preferences because like that's the whole point. But I think like it ebbs and flows. You know, I think like in my ideal world, having sex like three to five to six times a week is like preferred. Like I like to be the kind of person that can't keep my hands off my partner, but I know people aren't like that. And I've been in kind of sexless relationships where we had sex once a week and I was like, this is not enough for me. This isn't enough intimacy for me. 
Again, everybody's different. You have to find out what works for you. There's no shame if you like it a lot, if you don't like it, if you like to have it every day, if you like to have it once a week, like everybody's on their own trajectory. Everyone has their own impulses when it comes to that. I just recommend finding a partner that you vaguely match up with their sexual preferences as well. Okay, somebody asks me thoughts on friends with benefits. My thought is I've done it. It can work for a little bit, but the thing is it always ends badly because these are the options of it ending. Number one, one person catches feelings and the other person doesn't. Number two, one person finds someone they would actually rather date and leaves the other person. Number three, there's some sort of fight because somebody feels too strongly about something and the other person doesn't agree or someone's seeing other people and it's not matching up. There's not a world in which I, I don't believe that friends with benefits ends with happily ever after. It might be able to, but I think there needs to be a romantic connection as well. Like in the movie Friends with Benefits, the two of them are in love with each other and it's obvious. Try to make sure you're not making that up because in my head before I've made up that I was in love with somebody or that they were in love with me because they would like trace their finger down my back and tell me I was pretty. No, he just wants to sleep with you. Men will say anything to get that. But I think it can happen. You're just going to have to brace yourself for it ending like shit. Like my last friend with benefits situation was when I was in college at the end of college and I caught feelings and he didn't. I'm trying to think of other ones I've had. Oh, one time a guy caught feelings for me and I didn't like him and it ends in a fight and it ends with someone feeling like shit. So that's my recommendation is just brace yourself for the end. The next one is, is everyone a little bisexual? I think this is a really interesting question. So I believe very strongly in the Kinsey scale, which is a scale of sexuality. You can look it up. And I don't think that there's a such thing as like a true straight person. Now, you can feel like I'm 100% straight. Like I don't want to hook up with anybody of the same sex. That's fine. But I think that the reason that we psychologically feel that way is that it is a societal implication. It is a heteronormative way of living. By heteronormative, I just mean our society is catered toward the ideals of cisgendered people in man-female relationships that are straight relationships, cisgendered relationships. We are fed that. It is shoved down our throats to the point where that is why there is discomfort for some terrible people surrounding the ideas of sexuality and sexual orientation. I do not think I'm fully straight. I don't think anybody is. But, you know, people are going to argue that and be like, well, I wouldn't want to have sex with, you know, a man if they're a man. Or I wouldn't want to have sex with a woman. I'm like, that's fine. But that's society telling you that. And it is like very deeply ingrained. Maybe that's a hot take, but I don't think anyone's fully straight. I don't think I'm fully straight. I don't think you guys are fully straight. And that's not like me asking you to have an identity crisis. Like, I don't think that I'm ever going to date a woman in my life. Like, I'm not interested in dating women. I, I like men. I see myself as straight. But I don't think, like, on the basis of the scale, I guess I'm straight. But I don't think that anybody is truly straight. And I think it would be a lot easier for us, especially for people that are dealing with, like, labels and feeling like I'm not gay but I'm not straight I think it would be a lot better and easier for those people which I think are more people than you think to feel comfortable in that because they wouldn't be confused anymore if we all accepted the fact that there's no such thing as truly being straight maybe that's a hot take I don't know I would love to hear your thoughts on this I just think we live in a very heteronormative society that doesn't allow us to think another way and I don't really think that the standard of it all should be straightness I kind of think bisexuality is more akin to like what it actually should be and that's just my take of the day if you're questioning or you're confused right now or you're a bisexual queen or king or person like I see you and you're very extremely valid it's it, equally so if you're gay if you're straight whatever you are like you're welcome here and I see you as valid I just you know I wish that we were more open about discussing things in that manner with the idea that like sexuality is such a spectrum and that everybody falls somewhere on it and there's really no true straight person <laughs> Okay, our last sex dating relationship question is, if I could pick my brother's significant others and they would be ideal, who would I choose? So this is the thing about me with them. If you're dating my brother and they are happy, I do not give a fuck who you are. Like, I will love and embrace you even if you fucking hate me. Like, I'm going to like bring you into my life. You're gonna be part of the family. You're gonna be part of my family. You're gonna be part of my life. I will be texting you. You're going to be my friend. And that's that. But I guess if I could pick an ideal person for Jake, I would want him to be very handsome because Jake is very handsome. I would want him to be high energy because in order to put up with Jake, you have to be super high energy, like early riser. But I would want him to be way more calm than Jake because I think Jake needs a rock and someone to calm him down. And maybe the other person could use someone to lift them up a little bit. But still somebody who can keep up with high energy, still a morning person, somebody who 
maybe doesn't want to be a star in the kitchen, but can definitely be a sous chef and who loves to eat food because Jake loves to cook and everything. Like he really will treat his significant other like a king. Like he's a very loving person. But I think this person needs to be unique in the way that they can give back to him. It's really hard. Like I always say that Jake's a golden person. Like everything he touches turns to gold. And I really think that he needs to be with someone who can also turn things to gold so that they can reciprocate that. So that would be my thing for Jake. For Jack, I would want him to be with someone who pays attention to him as much as he pays attention to them. I think he takes for granted sometimes how good of a partner he can be. Like he, he forgets that, you know, he's giving 1000% and maybe somebody else might be giving 70% or 60%. And I just want his partner to match that 1000%. And like, you know what, like, is computer science that interesting to many women? Maybe not. But like, I want him to have a partner who's really intrigued about what he likes and what he does. Maybe she doesn't understand it. Maybe she doesn't care, but I want her to pretend like she does. I want her to, you know, talk about space with him and have in-depth conversations with him about books. You know, Jack's an intellect and I think he needs to be with an intellect. Also, a woman that wants to be taken care of because Jack loves to take care of his girlfriends. Like, he just showers them with affection and love. But somebody that can give that back to him too because everybody needs to be taken care of sometimes. And just someone nice. He also is, you know, always loves the artistic gals. So maybe someone with a beautiful singing voice and pretty eyes also. Okay, we're switching gears to like the mental health wellness questions. And we're just gonna, we're gonna bing bing bong it because we have no time to waste. So the first one is how to deal with anxiety. And I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but when it was much smaller, and I'm not gonna force you guys to go back. But when I think about my anxiety and my mental health, I think about it as management and not curing it. Because I think if you're someone who has lived with a mental illness or an eating disorder in your life, that's a life sentence. Now, you're not always going to be sick with anxiety or depression or an eating disorder for your whole life. But what I'm saying is it's something that is always going to be a part of you and be with you. And your best route to take is managing it because if you try to cure it, you're going to fail and you're just going to get frustrated. But if you try to manage it, you're going to eventually manage it enough that it's so quiet you can hardly ever hear it. And maybe sometimes it comes back around, but that's when you shake hands with it and say, hey, I want to get to know you because I want to figure out who the fuck you are so I can figure out how to tell you to shut the fuck up. Okay, so my neighbors are like banging on some things. So if you hear that, that's them. But yeah, I'm big on managing anxiety. So for me, I use CBD, I use Equilibria Women's, Um, I love it, it's a daily CBD that I take. I truly and honestly believe in sleep, exercise, and water as the big three. You have to be giving your body water, you have to be giving your body sleep, and you have to be giving your body movement. All of these things are major releases of of anxiety for me. I am getting so distracted by that hammering. Oh my god, I hope you can't. Oh my god. Can you hear it? So the odds of me continuing to record this, if that's going to go on, are like very slim to none. So I'm going to wait it out for like 10 minutes and see if they keep hammering. And then we're going to talk about anxiety. (laughs) And if not, I'm going to pick it up tomorrow. Okay, they finally stopped hammering after 20 minutes. Where was I? Yes, managing anxiety. I think that there are so many different ways that we can do this. But for me, like I have found my coping mechanisms and do they help every day? No, they don't. But therapy actually really does. And so I highly recommend therapy if you aren't already in therapy. Okay, I'm realizing that we're going to have to do another one of these because like it's just a whirlwind. (laughs) You guys have so many good questions. Okay, how to go to sleep happy. So I talk a lot about how I go to sleep happy so that I can wake up happy. And honestly, like this took a lot because it takes energy at night to go to bed happy. Like it's not just you know something I can just do I have to really think about it and some things that work for me is that I like make a little plan I have a glass of wine I do my full skincare routine I light candles I journal I set aside some TikToking time I listen to music that makes me feel good I go to bed with clean sheets I go to bed with a clean room all of these things set me up for success in the morning and I think that's my big thing is like how can I set myself up for success tomorrow morning so that when I get up in the morning I feel like this day is going to be fucking amazing and I can wake up happy. Sometimes I don't go to bed happy like this is not an everyday thing for me I just think there's so much value in like honoring your bedtime routine by making it something that makes you feel good opposed to something that stresses you out like if you go to bed stressing about the next day you're gonna have a shit next day because you're gonna be stressed when you wake up but if you go to bed like elated 
about tomorrow, you're going to feel good. And I just can't recommend enough going to bed happy and then waking up happy. It's really like an amazing thing. Okay, next. I'm going to do some like random ones. So my thoughts on the Chloe and Tristan drama. Not Tristan. Yeah, Tristan. Okay. I saw some things from either side. Like I saw some weird stuff that she was doing, but I'm going to take it from her being the victim here and his message that he posted on Instagram. I think they've both had wrongs, but if we're looking at it from the situation right now, I just think the way that he's acting is very similar to how a lot of ex-boyfriends act when they are like wrong and wrongfully committed of doing something and they want to kind of like stay safe. So they'll place themselves on this moral high ground to be like, you were right, I was wrong and I'm a fucking bad person. And I think that's exactly what he did in a way that it makes me feel like it's even less genuine. Like it's super disingenuous because if you actually cared about her, you wouldn't put out a statement online. And it proves to me that it's an act of self-preservation or she blocked you, but you are the father of her child. And so I highly doubt she blocked you because I do know at the very least that she cares about True. Um... And I don't have much else to say on that. You guys know that I'm a Kardashian fan from the outside. I'm very intrigued by the complex that they've created. And I don't condone like more than half the shit they've done. But I do think that they're really interesting as a social experiment. So that's how I feel about that. Someone asked me about my dream vacation. My dream vacation would be to go to Paris and travel Europe. I'm not much of a hot weather vacation person. I don't, I like it. I enjoy my time on hot weather vacations, but I wouldn't choose a hot weather vacation if there was going to be another option for something that might be a little bit more museum oriented and like gorgeous outfits and French food and Italian food. That's kind of my MO normally. So I would say that I'm big into, um, a more museum oriented like European vacation. I really want to travel to Asia as well. So if anyone has any leads on that, let me know because I'm super interested. Okay. Somebody asked me my favorite skincare products. So it's the Origins Out of Trouble face mask. I really like Curology. They basically give you your own like skincare routine and you work with a dermatologist to do it. And that's amazing and the first month is practically free it's like a trial and it's subscription based and i love it i've been using this ot oh fuck i just picked it up and something else fell Oatzi skin otzi skin their hydro crystal lightweight gel moisturizer and i'm i love it i also use this wishful honey bomb jelly moisturizer love it and i use super goop sunscreen and then charlotte tilbury magic cream and those are like my favorite skin products i like the cerave cleansers i have dry skin and then i love aquaphor and that's pretty much like my big six of skincare products that i like okay someone said thoughts on golden goose i am like in the middle like i don't yuck other people's yum I have a pair because my dad gave me them and I like my pair. I don't think they look like Golden Goose. They're not like flat. They're like a platform sneaker and they're really cool, but I think they're kind of ridiculous and they're not my favorite pair of sneakers that I own by any like stretch of the term. And because of that, I don't prefer them. Like I prefer many other different shoes that I own, but I do like them. And again, I would never yuck someone's yum. If you love something and you're loving wearing it, then I think you should wear it and embrace it and that should be your shit. I actually really like this question. So it's influencer behind the scenes, like everything on money, lifestyle, contracts, etc. I could do a whole episode on this, but I'm just going to do as much of a rundown as I can. So I was being very belligerent and stupid before I had my management with how much I would charge brands. And it's actually coming back to bite me in the ass because they want to work with me again. But my rates have gone up like 200% from when I charged them on my own and kind of let them take advantage of me a little bit. And so they're not wanting to work with me anymore because they're like, well, she charged $200 before. Why is it $2,000 now? So I think you have to really like surround yourself with the right team because I just didn't know and I didn't know about the rates. And I didn't know about the way that influencers make money. Like I wasn't, there's no one that tells you and you kind of learn it all from your friends. So I think that's something that was really big for me. I don't negotiate contracts, which is really great because I don't want to. My management does it for me. I'm with Iconic Fox and they're, just incredible. I'm really, really lucky that that's my management team. I love them. Um, and the lifestyle is definitely interesting. I, you know, there are events and there are parties and whatnot, and there haven't really been that many lately because of Omicron stuff. But like, for example, 
I just got a message like, oh, were you invited to this thing on Friday? And I wasn't. And it kind of is like a bummer because someone's hosting it that I know. And I'm like not upset about it, but like I sometimes am like, I don't know if I'm like cool enough to do this. Like I'm not getting invited to things. And I feel like that feeling of like, I don't belong here never really fades no matter what you're doing and who you are and how successful you are just makes me feel like, am I not cool enough or something? And on some level, I don't want to be cool enough, but everybody wants to belong somewhere. But I do a really good job of reminding myself that if I'm not invited somewhere, I shouldn't go somewhere that I'm not wanted and I should go where I am wanted. And luckily, I do have plans on the day that that event's going to take place. And also, not everyone gets invited to every event, and it's okay. But I do feel like there are cliques within the influencer world, and I really like everyone I've met. And everyone is so kind, and I say that all the time. And I just try to be nice to everyone and just, like, make good relationships with them all. And I think that's all you can do because everyone is really brilliant and smart and creative. And there are just been people that have really been in my corner this entire time. And I'm not going to name names because they know who they are and I know who they are. And those are going to be friends for life. And so I'm really grateful for the community I've been able to build. But yeah, it's kind of weird. And like the events, like they're fun, but they're not as fun as everyone makes them appear. And I want to make sure that you guys know that that's true. Like obviously it's our job to go places and post about it, but there have been many times that I've just been standing alone looking around for someone to talk to and connect with. And it's honestly been a really big learning curve because I used to be really uncomfortable approaching people. So I've had a lot of fun like pushing myself out of my comfort zone in that way. And I do get really stressed about it. Like, am I good enough at this? Am I doing a good job? I don't like the word influencer because I don't really want to influence you guys to do anything. I want to make content that influences you to feel good about yourselves. And maybe that would influence you to buy a product that I like because it makes me feel good about myself. But I really don't like the phrase influencer because it makes me feel like I'm manipulating you guys or like I'm part of a pyramid scheme or something. Uh, But I'm happy and like, I don't know. I never pictured myself in this place. So it's kind of weird uncharted territory. Like I said, like, I used to have no idea about how to do the rates, no idea about how to do like any of the money stuff. It was very overwhelming to me and I'm slowly figuring it out. So I think that's all worth noting for sure because it is just a really interesting and crazy kind of place to be in as a person who's 23 and trying to figure out her life, but also like a very unstructured career path. Okay, somebody asked me, what does it look like to love yourself? And I thought about it for a little bit. And to me, it means to be able to look at yourself and realize that even though you're not perfect and even though you're a work in progress, you embrace that work in progress and you accept yourself for who you are at this chapter and in time. I think loving yourself doesn't look like destroying yourself because you're not where you are yet and saying like, I'll love myself if I lose 10 pounds. I'll love myself when I start going to the gym. I'll love myself when I get this job or this boyfriend or partner. You won't. And saying stuff like that isn't going to make you love yourself. By the time you get to that spot, it's going to be something else. And so I try to pull back and think like, I'm a work in progress and I'm imperfect. But I accept myself in spite of that and I can love myself for the chapter I'm in. And I'm sure then when I get that partner or boyfriend or job or lose 10 pounds or whatever it is, I'm still going to accept and love myself and I'm going to be equally as important to myself. And I think that's a really big one, like self-acceptance realizing that you can come as you are right now and love yourself as you are fully flawed even when you're on the road to fixing something that you want to fix or altering something like you're allowed to love yourself and I think that's a really major one for me giving myself the space to like myself we don't tell people enough that it's okay to like ourselves like everything we see in the media is so concentrated on how much we should hate ourselves that we forget that we're allowed to like ourselves Someone else asked me about living in the present and I want to go directly off that and say that I think living in the present means to fully accept yourself where you are now and not think about where you'll be in 10 years. And of course, it's good to have goals and to be forward thinking. But if you're always thinking about the future, you're wasting right now when you don't even know if you're going to get to the future. And that was a really big shock for me when I realized like I was spending all my time micromanaging my future when I could die tomorrow and then I didn't live today. And can you imagine how sad it would be if your last day on earth was thinking about the day after tomorrow and you don't even get to experience it? And so, of course, like plan for the future and have goals and be open-minded in that way. But I think living in the present means just accepting where you are right now and being okay with that and also realizing that you can't take any hour for granted because you don't know what hour could really be your last. And that sounds so cliche, but cliche things are cliche for a fucking reason. If they weren't cliche, 
it wouldn't be so overstated. It wouldn't be such a popular phrase, but it's a popular phrase because it's true. Okay, we're going to switch gears. Someone asked me about airport attire, and to be fucking honest, I have the hottest take about this. I used to be all about being comfortable, and I really do think if you have a flight that is longer than four hours, you need to focus on comfort. But I think if you have a quick flight, like, who's to say you shouldn't go fitted the fuck up? Like, don't wear high heels because if the plane has to land and then you have to slide down that fucking inflatable thing into the ocean, you're going to pop it if you have on Louboutins. But, like, jeans and a cute little sweater and a blazer, like... It's a two-hour flight. Screw it. Like, you know what? You can get off the plane feeling good. You can go have a glass of wine somewhere and look hot, sexy, beautiful, unbelievable doing it, and nobody's going to say shit because you look amazing. That's kind of my thought process here. Like, you need to, like, feel as good as you want to feel in the airport. And also, like, who knows? You can meet the love of your life anywhere. I always kind of try to drop in when I'm out and about in case. You don't know. So part of me thinks, like, the perfect airport outfit for a flight less than four hours is really well-fitting jeans, a cool pair of sneakers, a sweater, and some kind of jean jacket or like leather jacket or little jacket, and your hair just looking very casual, maybe in a claw clip, and a little tiny bit of natural looking makeup. Queen shit. If it's flight over four hours, all bets are fucking off. Wear pajamas. I don't want it to be matching. Period. Okay, my last one I'm going to answer because I'm getting tired and I have to go record a podcast for somebody else in like 45 minutes is... um my big three and I'm actually going to do my big six. So I recommend cafe astrology if you want to do out your chart, but my big six is cancer, sun, cancer, moon, Sagittarius rising, cancer, Mars, cancer, Venus, and a Leo Mercury. I think the Leo Mercury is why I'm good at podcasting. And yes, I'm going to toot my own horn and say I'm good at podcasting. Sometimes we're allowed to be self-aware because I love to talk and I always have something to say and I love to collaborate. It's a fun chart. It's a scary chart. It's a sad chart. Sad girl hours only. Like that's my life. Sad girl hours. I cry a lot. I'm very in tune with my emotions. If you also have all of those placements, twinsies, people sometimes DM me that. I feel like I didn't get enough of these done today, but I also feel like we just had a really good conversation and we covered a lot of ground. And I think I'm going to do more of these. I mean, I always want suggestions. I did decide that in 2022, I'm going to do a three to one rule where it's three solo episodes and one guested episode. I'm going to convince my mom to be the guest this month. So hopefully we can do like a style episode and even better is that sax off fifth just followed me on instagram while i was taking a break to get some water during the recording of this fucking episode so overall that's great fucking energy i'm going to cook dinner with my sneaky link and i'm wearing an f me sweater so he knows to f me because that's what's up i'm making like a tuna brown rice bowl moment we're gonna see how it goes oh i already told you this we've spent too much time together no we haven't it would never be too much time i'm rambling I love you very much. I'm very grateful that we could start 2022 together talking and asking questions and answering. I hope wherever you are on your walk or your run at Trader Joe's, shopping, running errands, picking up a prescription, driving a car, lying in bed, that you feel really good and loved right now and that you know that even if you don't feel like anything's working out and even if you don't feel like there's someone in your corner, I am in your corner every fucking day. Even if you've never reached out to me, even if this is your first time listening, even if you're hate listening, I like you. I love you, in fact, and I'm here for you. And that's one person that's proud of you. I'm proud of you. Just for being here, lying here, listening to this and breathing and taking the choice to listen to something to maybe make yourself feel better, I'm proud of you. So have a fucking amazing hot girl week. Claim that utterly effable energy. Go out there and get your shit done. Be safe for your mask. Have good sex, maybe on Thursday. And host a little fancy dinner party, even if it's just for yourself. I love you guys very much, and I will see you next week.